Hello, everybody, and welcome to the China Manufacturing Decoded podcast. This is episode 107. And today we are talking about the garments and let's say textile products in general and the development of the development of new styles new styles of, of of garments and i have someone with me who is an expert on that topic today uh, this is belinda jacobs from tech packs co how are you belinda i'm great thank you how are you Great. Yes. Great. And this is an interesting topic that we have not covered on the on the podcast yet. We talked at length about uh, the development and new product introduction process for um, electronic products and, and more uh, electromechanical products in general, let's say, but not about uh, garment apparel, uh, you know, soft goods in general. Great. Belinda, you, um, your, your company is called TechPacks. Cool. And so your work is at the center of, of the development of new, uh, new garments, right, of new styles. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your, your background and, and, and what you do in, in, uh, in TechPacks Co? Yeah, absolutely. So I used to work in the UK in the fashion industry for several years as a designer. Mm-hmm. And we, would, we had a whole design team. We'd draw sketches and we'd send them to our overseas manufacturer to have the products actually cut and sewn and put together. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'd always have so many problems in development, miscommunications, samples Mm -hmm. just not being made as we wanted them to. And unfortunately, that would even flow down into production. And we would Mm -hmm. still, you know, from time to time have have problems, even when stuff was on the shelf in store things were being spotted Um, and this is when I worked for you know a big company and we'd work with big factories that were also you know really great so I started working on improving the systems that we used around tech packs and tech packs are a tool that's used in the fashion industry to kind of create a blueprint and a specification to explain your product to your factory So yeah, fast forward several years, um, I started my own company in 2016, and we just focus on helping brands with development and really speeding up and um, making that development process easier with our own sort of methodology for doing tech packs. Right, right. And tech packs, if maybe people are listening and are not familiar with that term, uh, it's the way I would explain it is simply the um, the specification sheet for a, for a garment styles, but it, it's more than a specification sheet. It actually guides the manufacturer and the people doing uh, you know making samples and so on on what exactly goes where, like what fabric, what what types of of, of stitchings, how to dye this and this and this element. I mean, it, it, yeah, you know where this button has to be and and how it has to look and so on uh, it, it's it's really a great guide uh, for 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 making the garment the right way is that a good explanation yeah absolutely it's kind of like a blueprint with specifications mm-hmm. and drawings and materials you know all rolled into one so that you end up with this kind of like master guide bible type of document and everybody who's involved with production can see, you know, the same kind of 
um, source of truth with with yeah. all of the information. Right, right. and uh, there's also you know what measurement points are important with a standard value and a tolerance you know for for every size and that that's a big yep. job right for the for the fit technicians to um to 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 work on that yeah yeah just that one section of the tech pack where you have all the mm. um measurement specs and all the tolerances i mean j- just that section is kind of its own science in itself yeah right okay so since you help companies develop this um this this document it's something that you 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 would start typically very early in the process right and then you you know people keep develop keep working on it keep uh, adjusting it and adding some details and some notes and some comments all the way through to start of production right is that correct yeah that's correct it's it's not necessarily just sort of a one and done process it's typical mm. to yeah come back to the started tech pack later you know when you're further down in in the development process and you know add to it or make changes or you know you you need to um, keep it up to date as development progresses so you know as we said before everyone in in the supply chain is using this as their kind of source of truth so you want to make sure everyone's on the same page with any updates basically right as right. you go Yeah. Okay. So let let's cover the the development process for for a new style of garment because um, yeah, a, lo- a lot of people. I'm sure you've been in contact with a lot of people who are just starting to um, to design their their new um, a new style, and they think, oh well, you know, I just work with a um, you know a supplier somewhere in Asia and. If they have good communication and you know they know what they're doing, <laughs> to to which I respond, wait a minute, no no no, you have to know, you know, uh, the approval gates that you will force them to follow. You have to tell them this is the process, because let's say i'm going to switch to let's say i'm a manufacturer somewhere in in china or in vietnam or in india and i i i i'm making uh garments i'm i'm cutting and sewing and packing and shipping and i have some some clients and my major clients they have that process in place so they tell me okay you need to do this and then after that you need to do that and so and so on. and then suddenly i have one one customer and this customer It's like they don't really know what they're doing. I can see it right away. And and they okay, they tell me what they want. Okay, fine. And I'm going to go as fast as possible to mass production anyway. So if they don't tell me, you got to send me that exactly this before we get to that next step. Then I will jump directly to the next step. Right, because all my other customers tell me you have to do this and then you have to do that. This guy doesn't tell me I have to do this, so I go directly to do that. Th- does that sound right? Uh, have you seen that that tendency? I think maybe if you're if you're new to apparel manufacturing, you don't necessarily appreciate that there's a system to product development. And maybe just getting a tech pack on its own isn't enough. You need to actually know how to follow up on that. 
mm. um, and use it and ask for the right sample types in development to progress from having the tech back done to actual production. Like mm. you say, there are necessary um, approval steps in between. And mm. yeah, I, I think it's just if you are new to this whole process, um, you might sort of think, oh, well, I've, I've had a tech pack done now. So great. I'll just send it to them and put my feet up. Um, uh, but yeah, in reality, it's not quite simple. Yeah. So that, let's cover these, these steps. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to, to go step by step with what I've observed. And then you can, you can correct me. You can tell me maybe it's not enough or maybe it's too much or I'm missing something. Sure. <laughs> so yeah. the, fir- the first one, obviously... Somebody's got to say, we want that kind of garment. You know, the style is going to be like this. This is a drawing. This is a sketch. This is something. It's going to be that color, right? Uh, and and the more, how to say, sophisticated designers will maybe already have picked the kind of uh, accessories and lace and et cetera, et cetera. And, and they might already at that time have started to put this in a preliminary tech pack. Is this the way it starts usually? Yes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You would start off with some kind of design. Probably it might be rough at that stage for some people. Mm-hmm. And like you say, maybe the more sophisticated um, brands would already have, you know, things written down and like the start of a, a tech pack in place. Right. And of course, some companies will... <laughs> Uh, start with a sample from a brand and they say well this is nice let's just do it you know 95 percent the same way with a cheaper fabric and this and that right Uh, that that also happens but this is a bit dangerous for themselves not even considering the intellectual property uh, topic which obviously uh, is is a real topic but uh, when they start from a sample what I've observed is that they tend not to document what they want. They, they, they just say, here's a sample. You do everything based on the sample. And yeah. they don't go through the exercise, the discipline of putting together a tech pack. And this is dangerous. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. For so many reasons. <laughs> yeah. I mean, anything could happen to that sample. It could, you know, get lost you're sending it to the other side of the world um so many different people work at that factory who are going to be involved with your products and only sending them one it's not even enough really um you really want multiple copies and and yeah again if if anything happens to that sample you're you're in big trouble and you know then you're not doing any development you're just um, you're just duping something else on the market without making any improvements, which can have lots of knock-on effects as well. But yeah, definitely from the production point of view of, of there only being one, it's it's kind of dangerous. Yes. Now then, suppose got to be given some basic information. Or what what What's the market? Because the, the sizing is different, right? Uh, let's say... I don't know. Yeah, uh, sizing for from for France, for Germany, for UK, for USA, uh, or for, for for China or Thailand. I mean, it's it's actually quite different, right? Yep. Not not, not yep. just the way to to write the sizes, 
but um, the same, I don't know, medium size, for example, would be quite different. So they, they get to know and have a, a basis for that. And, and this is something that the fit technicians will, um, uh, typically there's, uh, I don't know, different companies. Uh, we have a number of clients in, uh, in, in Canada and the US, usually they call that the, them the, the fit technicians. In, in France, they call them the modelist that model the, the, the sizing of the, of the garment. What, what, what do you yeah. call these, these, uh, these people? Yeah, um, you could use any of those or in the US people also say a tech designer. In the UK, yeah. people say a garment technologist. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. Right. Okay. So what, what comes first? Do you first start to, start to work on the sizing or do you first get the manufacturer to make an initial sample with some fabrics, I, I guess the latter comes. Uh, sorry, the, yeah, the latter comes first, right? First, you would ask for a, a sample just for the look. Is is that the way it would it would start usually? I mean, it's very. It can be different depending on the company and how they work with a factory. Um, so, as you're explaining it, is typically how bigger companies do it when they have an established relationship with a factory. They can do that. But for most of our clients, they don't necessarily have that set up yet. So when they work with us, they're more so looking for us to start from scratch and work on creating a, a tech pack and building out some spe specifications um, from scratch before they actually start speaking with their factory about this particular product or perhaps they may not have even got a manufacturer yet and they're going to be using the tech pack for actual sourcing as well so we sort of um end up starting a, back a step before that as well right right okay then let's say you have prepared some preliminary let's say a plan right then typically when the the importer is going to ask the manufacturer to prepare some elements um what what does that include it might include one sample maybe an exact fabric and available colors uh but but then you know does it also come with fabric swatches and things like that what would um what would the buyer or the the or the designer usually ask the manufacturer toward the beginning yeah so there are lots of different types of samples that you request. First of all, you could potentially ask for samples of your fabrics, just swatches to approve first before they actually start cutting and sewing anything. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to. And then once you get to the actual sample making and sewing, you could start off by asking for a fit sample which mm. is um, a sample that just shows the fit of your product and it may not necessarily be in the exact materials um, that you're using and it might not have the exact, you know, correct trims and it might not have the correct kind of decorations applied to it. It's just um, something that's in the fabric or a very similar fabric that allows you to see um the shape and the fit and, and allows you to try your sample onto a fit model and see if you need to actually make any changes to the measurements before you get too deep into kind of, you know, 
dyeing the the fabric the right color or you know sourcing all the right trims and things like that right so you typically um the designer tries to avoid giving too much work to the manufacturer at the beginning but they they need to see they need to have an idea you know what what is it going to look like if i tell them to use this this fabric and this accessory etc and can can i do a preliminary validation that the fit is okay for the medium size at this point um, with hopefully the exact fabric but maybe a slightly different fabric now when it goes into knit garments i guess it's, it becomes much more important to use the exact same fabric. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's really surprising how much um, just slight changes in fabric can mm. affect the way that a garment actually fits when somebody's right. wearing it. Um, so, right. yeah, definitely. Yeah. How When it comes to colors, that that's an, an enormous topic, right, in, in itself. Yep. How, Usually, how do uh, designers communicate their ideas to, to the manufacturers? And then how do manufacturers then submit something? Yes, so there is a um, color system out there. Um, it's mm-hmm. by a company called Pantone. And they have these huge reference books that have thousands of colors in and they standardize all the books so that, you know, two different people on the other sides of the world, they can have the same books and you can say to them, you know, I want color, you know, 1025 or whatever the reference number is. And then everybody who has the books can see exactly what that color is. And they've got a recipe to actually create dye for fabrics to make that exact color. Right. So this um, is this is how the designers they, they use the the good old TPX books from Pantone yeah. and they say I want this this code for this and maybe that other code for that part of the garment. And right. okay, now how does the manufacturer uh, submit something? Because it always looks a bit different on the exact fabric, right? Yes. Yeah. So you would ask your manufacturer to create what's called a lab dip for you. So that is when they just do like a, a, a test run, dye some of your fabric, and then they send you a, a small, a small kind of cutout swatch of it mm-hmm. physically in the mail. Um, and then you can get that, take a look at it and double check that it matches exactly to the original Pantone book reference. Um, cause yeah, like you say, they, they're having to kind of make this dye recipe from scratch every time. So it's important to check that it matches and that you're happy with it and sign off on that sample as well. Just like you sign off on all the other kinds of samples. Right. Now, what if they send you a, a tiny lab dip, uh, you know, <laughs> half an inch by half an inch or something really small, would you feel comfortable approving color based on that? It's not ideal. Ideally, you would you would want a, a, a slightly bigger piece to see it, if not for the fact that logistically you also yourself might want to be cutting it up um, and making sure different sort of stakeholders in the chain have a, a reference piece of that. Um, so it's always much better to have a, a bigger surface area for that right. reason as well. 
Oh yeah, no, for sure, right? Okay, so let let's say you get to the point where the manufacturers put together a sample that looks good, seems to have, um, seems to be, you know, close. Let's say to to the fit you need for the for the medium size or the, the base size, and they get it right for the colors. They send you some some swatches, and you say, okay, this. Uh, this together would be nice. Uh, what is the next step? So the next step kind of depends on on your needs, really. You could have you could ask for a size set to be made, which are mm. which is getting um, some other sizes in your size range made, so you can improve the the fit of those other sizes but you don't necessarily have to do that if you don't want to, if it's a very simple product and, and you're, you know, confident about the, the way it's been graded, you don't hundred percent have to. Um, you could also request some salesman samples or photography samples, which is duplicates of your samples. If you need those for, you know, um, taking to buying meetings or if you need those for photo shoots, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else? Um, and then you get to the pre-production sample or right. golden sample, some people right. call it. Let, so let, let's um, let's talk about these full size set samples. So if you're making, I don't know, a, a baseball cap, and it's always the same kind of fabric, always the same kind of workmanship. And and let's say it goes into three sizes. Let's say if you get the the base size confirmed, you 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 might not need them to do also the small size and the large size, right? You you might say, well, based on our experience, based on everything we know, that's fine. These numbers, this this size chart, this measurement chart here that I prepared is going to be okay, so it's safe. So approving the medium size. Um, might be okay. However, if you're going with uh, lingerie and swimwear and things like that, you really want to get a sample of um, in in every one of the sizes. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. It really depends on the type of product. So yeah, Yeah. the on, on certain garments, obviously fit is more important and on others like your example is perfect you know swimwear compared to hats um mm-hmm. obviously very different product categories mm-hmm. um and it could depend on as well how wide your size range is so of course if you're mm-hmm. only doing three sizes small medium and large that's not that much variance whereas if you're doing um let's say a us double zero all the way up to a us um, 24, then that's a, you know, really huge, huge size range. So you're definitely going to, you know, have more checkpoints within that size range. Yeah. Right. So, and as a buyer, you need to be clear about that. You need to have your plan. You need to tell the manufacturer, this is what I'm, what I'm going to have to, you know, this is what I need from you. This is what you will have to do before we get to the next step. Right. You, yeah. <laughs> You get to, um, yeah, you get to show them you know what you're doing, basically, and and then hold them accountable to to follow your process. Um, at at one 
what point do you start to, let's say it's a totally new style for a new company. Well, what about the labeling? What about the packing? You know, uh, at, at what at what point do you need to um, to have all of that documented and, and confirmed? It's a good question. And again, it kind of depends on the company and how they have that process set up and how they usually work with their factory. Bigger companies that work with big factories normally have some, you know, a specific process set up that they use regularly throughout all their products. Um, but if you're working for, if you're, sorry, a smaller brand and you just have maybe one or two products, you probably don't have this um, fixed process set up, you know, with with a, a factory who kind of knows your process. So a lot of our clients fit into that bucket. Um, so we typically for them would create pretty much all of those things at the beginning when we start doing their tech packs for them um sometimes there's or often i would say they sort of don't have a hundred percent of the information sort of organized and ready to go and decided on right at the beginning but because we are starting the tech pack process with them at the beginning we sort of encourage them mm -hmm. to finalize as much as they can at the beginning and then we put that all in there Um, then they work with their factory to create a first sample and then they come back to us again later if needed and then we can go back in and add you know those extra details that weren't confirmed before whatever that is if it's labels or packaging or trims right, um, it's, it's never quite a one and done process but we do mm -hmm. try to you know simplify it as much as possible and, and reduce the kind of endless back and forth as much as we can <laughs> Right. Yeah, because yep. every time there's a change or there's something that was not clear, then it means, you know, have some new samples made, you know, printed, etc., and sent to us again. And then there's, there's yep. this long approval cycle, um, mm -hmm. which can be, you know, maybe two weeks every time. And every yep. time something is not right, you got to go over again and everybody's getting tired and, and exactly. the timelines might, might be pushed back. Also, If you specify things a bit late, well, the manufacturer might say, oh, you know, this is going to cost you an extra 10 cents or, or 30 cents a piece or something. And that might come as a big surprise to the, to the buyer. So uh, packaging yeah. is one of these things where you, you need to have a plan from, from the beginning. You, know, you might not need to tell them the exact artwork and all the little details, but You need to have to, to know roughly, you know, is there going to be a hanger? Is, you know, the basic things, right? Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. You can't expect a factory to, you know, commit to a price if you've not given them the, you know, yeah. all the exact specifications. Right. And then um, as you get these samples of the product, of the packaging, you have some comments, right? Do you suggest people just write them in an email or in WeChat or something? Or do you suggest that it's all centralized and that people keep track of it and how? Yes, absolutely. Keep track of it and add to the tech pack. So keep, yeah. keep all comments for each sample in, you know, a clearly labeled section. These mm. comments 
are for this sample and then make sure you add that to the tech pack. So like I said in the beginning, the, the tech pack can be, you know, the one source of truth yes, on where absolutely. your product is at now for, you know, all of the stakeholders. Oh, and this is so, so important, yes, for, for, for guiding the supplier to make sure they don't make the same mistakes again, including in repeat orders. Uh, so important for the inspectors because, yeah, they're going to look at the tech pack, but they're also going to look at the comments and the comments are so important. They, um, uh, yeah, a number of our clients tell us, "Hey, you get to get to take photos of the um, of, of production to show us that the issues we found, and you know, when we wrote the comments, are are gone. Like these are checkpoints. You know, you got to double check this and this and that, because if they get it wrong during development, there's always a risk that they get it wrong yeah. also in production. So important." And and out, outside of the garment industry, I see very few companies actually do that in a, in a systematic way. But this is one of the beauties of, of using a tech pack. Yes, um, there is a place for that. It's very um, it's systematic. Everybody's used to it. The suppliers are used to it. Um, that's, that's great. Um, now, coming back to the, the development process, there is a milestone where the buyer says, okay, I'm happy enough here. I'm going to send you maybe 30% of the order, or I'm going to open the letter of credit, or you know, I'm, I'm going to trigger the payment uh, process. Usually, what, do they, what are they waiting for before they, they trigger that? Are you referring to the TOP sample? Or usually it's a bit earlier than that. So if the fit is not confirmed, at least on the base size, the risk is way too high, right? It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's too early. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess you would agree with me. Um, if the colors also, if some of the colors are not approved, uh, a lot of buyers would also say, well, 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 it's a bit too early you know now if they say well we have you know the fit at least for the base size is approved the, all the main fabrics and everything uh, and uh, you know is is approved and the color even if it's just on fabric swatches all the colors are approved uh, and and probably also the packaging has been the packaging requirements have been communicated and and there's no uh, surprise with the price and everything that that's that's about to come that's usually when uh, when importer would feel confident enough to um, to to start uh, you know to trigger the payment process maybe wire first twenty percent uh, typically thirty percent right and and this is such an important milestone uh, if you send the money to uh, yeah if you trigger that too early you're actually skipping the formal approval of the feet, the colors, etc. So, um, and I see, I see some companies when they're not experienced, they, um, yeah, they just skip it. They, oh, there's there's a gate here, but we just we just blew through it and went way too early uh, because once mm-hmm. once the payment process is has been triggered, there's, there's no not going much. Back. <laughs> yeah, there's not much to stop the factory from from going into mass production, right? To buy the 
buy the fabric, get it dyed, and 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 and, and to get it delivered, get it cut, and so on. Um, so that's one very important milestone. Now, let's say it's a relatively complex uh, garment, and you want to double confirm all the all the sizes uh, through samples. So you're going to receive a lot of samples. The fit technician is going to to check them. Uh, confirm the measurement tables or, or adjust them. Okay, there's a point that that's another milestone, right? Where the buyer will say, all the elements have been confirmed. There's two okay for production. One is, okay, you can get the fabric dyed and, and purchased and everything. And another one is, go ahead, you can cut and sew, right? Because there's often a way to rework a batch of, of, of fabric if necessary to, to make the color a bit different and so on. But once it's been cut, it's been cut. <laughs> There's no yep. going back. Yep. Right? No. Um, you mentioned the, the, the top samples, uh, top of production. Uh, what exactly does that mean, top of production? This is also another one where different companies may have slightly different meanings, right? Yeah. So I would describe that as... Uh, when they take a selection or, or like a sample off the top of production of, of however many garments, a, a percentage, and those would then be checked. And once the the quality control has been done, um, they would, based on the results of that, they would okay that um that PO for shipment. Yeah, so the, uh, the these top samples, top of production samples. Uh, top of production means very early, like the first ones coming out of mass production. In theory, right? So that would be once the fabric has been dyed, delivered to the to the cotton shoe factory, and then they maybe they would hurry up to. To cut a few first, uh, to cut some fabric first, get get it through uh, um, a sewing line, pack it, and ship it right away. In theory, in theory, that's what it would be, right? Um, so that if the buyer gets it and sees something's wrong, it's still early enough for the manufacturer to to correct course. Um, yeah, but, yeah. The idea uh, would be that it would be before. Yeah the the bulk of the stuff had been cut and sewn. Right. Now, have you seen some cases where this is not happening this way, where the manufacturer, just to please the buyer, would say, okay, they want some samples, but we're going to make them in the sample room. <laughs> right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Very common in uh, in China. Very, very common. Yeah. They want some samples. We're going to send them samples. They're not here, so we can do whatever we want, right? We're going to keep mm-hmm. it easy for ourselves. And they're going to look good, so they're not going to bother us with production. They're going to feel confident. Let's just do it in the sample room. <laughs> yeah, 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 which is not great because very different things can come out of the sample room than oh, will yeah. come out of mass production. Totally, yes, yes. Uh, okay, so, and and then after that, it goes into production and then you know the main milestones would be maybe the inspections by the buyer maybe an inline inspection a final inspection before shipment if everything is okay release the shipping order get the product shipped out um 
and I guess most people are familiar with that. But if I if I really make a summary, because this has been an interesting discussion here, um, if I'm about to start developing, you know, de- designing a new new kind of garment, what I need to keep in mind is don't work on the basis of samples only, right? Try to document things. And the beauty of it is there is a very uh, structured and very common, very standard approach to that is putting it all in a tech pack. Uh, It's a relatively standard format, right? Um, Then um, get some samples from the manufacturer, give them feedback, write comments along the way in the tech pack, Keep improving the tech pack, adjusting it, work on the packaging. Okay. The main go no go gates would be before I start to send 30% or whatever money you have to send. First, do I feel confident in the fit? Do I feel confident in the colors? This is very, very important. Skipping that, sending money too early can. uh, can lead to disasters. Actually, I've seen that. Um, You need to to instill some discipline uh, so that the manufacturer has to follow your process. Uh, Then insist to get some some early samples from production. Make sure they don't get made in the sample room if possible. Uh, Get a lot of photos. Um, Maybe get a pre-production meeting done um, at at the factory to review the risks, review if everything is clear, review if the the fabrics and accessories are in the right color, et cetera, et cetera, all as per approved samples and as per the tech pack before they start cutting and sewing, right? Um, this is also an important milestone very often. And then do your inspections during production and only after that, if everything is fine, let them ship out. Is this is this a good summary of the, the wool process? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, process is, is a great is a great word it's not just um it's not just one sample or you know one tech pack and then you're done it's kind Mm -hmm. of a series of 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 revisions and improvements and then you always make sure that your um your last pre-production sample is 100 percent perfect and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it nothing you need to change on it no improvements needed um, and you wait till then until you sign off on it and start production and, and pay your deposit. Right, right. Absolutely, yes. And uh, yeah, and just to summarize again, yes, you need to have a standard in place by the time you send any money and of course before uh, before production starts. And the tech pack is a big element of that. And then to illustrate the tech pack, of course, there are also approved samples. Uh, and at the time of mass production, the approved samples might be some of these top samples that have been received by the buyer and approved. But before that, it would be some of the earlier samples, right? They're just here to illustrate the tech pack. Uh, they definitely do not replace the tech pack. <laughs> do you agree? Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely not. Like the, there just aren't enough copies of, of the samples for that to be logistically possible yeah not not to mention you know you they don't contain enough information and all the history of the development and the comments and and things like that right right well this this has been so useful so belinda where where can listeners 
find out more about what you do, should they go to your website? So your website is techpacks.co. So tech, like technical, techpacks, with an S, dot co. Uh, is this the best place for them to see um, to, to, to see what you do and to, to see some examples of tech packs and so on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've got a blog on the website so you can read some mm. articles about about the topic and tech packs and development. Um, we have, if you go to techpacks.co forward slash examples, uh, you can give us your email address and we'll send you various tech pack examples so you can get a good idea of what those look like and what's mm. included. Yeah, and we have a newsletter as well if people want to keep in touch with with what we're up to and follow our, our weekly news, they can sign up for that on the website as well. Right, this is great. All right, well, Belinda Jacobs, thank you so much. This has been a great discussion. Thanks to the listeners also. And I should also comment on something. From time to time... <laughs> I, I, I tell the listeners the, the same thing. If you like the show, go into Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or whatever application you use and give us five star, give us a little comment. It's, it's great for us to, uh, to keep the motivation up and to, uh, to keep producing this, uh, this podcast with no advertisements. Every week, we, we've, been, we've been doing it uh, every week for, uh, for about two years now. So um, thanks a lot. Wow. Thanks again, uh, Belinda. Thank you so much week. for having me. <laughs> yeah, thank you. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks again for listening to this podcast brought to you by the Sophie's Group. We're on a mission to provide you with everything you need to manufacture effectively in Asia, including inspections, auditing, new product development support, contract manufacturing, 3PL warehousing and fulfillment, and much, much more across Asia's key manufacturing areas. Visit us at sofeast.com, that's S-O-F-E-A-S-T dot com, to learn more and get help. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please do rate, review and share, because it will really help others discover us too.